0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of No Pollution of Cowardice, South Jersey in the Civil War. I am your host, Dan Casella, and today we have author Alan Thompson uh, with us for a uh, special interview about his book, In the Shadow of the Roundtops, Longstreet's Countermarch, Johnson's Reconnaissance, and the Enduring Battle for the Memory of July 2nd, 1863. Alan, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Dan. Hey, man, It was uh, it's, it's an honor to have you. Um, all right, let's get right down into, into it. Um, what got you into Civil War history in the first place?
1: In the first place, uh, uh, probably what got a lot of people into it is the movie Gettysburg. So, uh, you know, right from there, I uh, got into reenacting as a, as a kid, as a teenager, and uh, uh,
0: studied history in college, and, you know, just kept uh, snowballing, and uh, here we are. Excellent. Yep. Yeah. That's how it starts, man. The, the spark of reenacting just sends you down the uh, the rabbit hole of, of civil war for life. Um, all right. So that's what, sure. what's what got you started on this specific subject?
1: So I was, I was looking at July 2nd and I saw a presentation, uh, I think at a round table it was about July 2nd. It's like, you know, I, there's something about it you know you want to dig into it more and I was like where would be a good place to start um and uh uh I always thought the the, the telling stories making it relatable to people is really uh the, the best way to get get the point across and so I was like what you know where does the story start for July 2nd and just knowing the basics said well Sam Johnston he's got the reconnaissance it goes wrong he gets bad information and that kind of sets the tone right for for the whole bat, the, the whole rest of the battles, Lee's got bad information, and then he's got bad subordinates, and everything goes wrong. But it all starts at July second, and first thing in the morning at dawn, you know, it's real. Uh, uh, you, you know, you know, it, it's the, the, the scene is there, the setting is there. It's dawn. It's behind enemy lines, and then it's the bad information, and and everything goes wrong for uh, this haunted army of Northern Virginia. Right. So I started digging into it, and and as I got into the actual sources behind it, I just dawned on me, no pun intended that a lot of the story is based on assumptions mm-hmm. and it's based on assumptions from facts that aren't there. Uh, and so I, I started really, really digging into that. Um, and I put an article out in Gettysburg magazine. They were nice enough to uh, publish me It's the first, uh, history article, or at least on the civil war that I'd ever written, uh, and actually got published. So very exciting. And, uh, uh, apparently some people read it and they thought it was good and I got some questions about it. And, uh, it's like, I'm going to dig into this a little bit more and it just kept going and going and going. And one thing builds off the other and then sends you down into all of the different rabbit holes. Um, but, um, but yeah, if, uh, my thoughts on Johnston haven't changed a whole lot Mm -hmm. from the, uh, uh, from the article, Mm -hmm. uh, I expanded on it a lot. So if you've read the article, if anybody watching this reads the article, uh, the fundamentals are there, but digging into it for the, the last couple of years after the article came out, I, there's a lot more in the book than, than what shows up in the article.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So that sort of brings you to this next question. How long from from research to, to starting to write the book and even then, how long do you think that has been?
1: Yeah. Uh, the manuscript was completed in June of this year. Mm -hmm. And I guess I started, I started researching Johnston in what, when did this come out? (laughs) Give me one second. Uh, What? this is 2019. I guess from like 2017 to 2022. So about five years. Wow. Okay. Start to finish.
0: Yeah, I had a uh, an article published in Civil War uh, Times magazine this past April. I and, saw that, yeah. And the, yeah, sort of the same amount of time, like a three, four year a culmination of, you know, finding bits and pieces. And then eventually it all just is this, you know, story that needs to be told. So, yeah, that's that's uh, excellent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You have to immerse yourself in it. Right. To really understand everything, because all the nuances and context, you, you can't just. Tell the tell context to somebody. You really have to
0: immerse yourself in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So next question: What sort of things are covered in the book? Uh,
1: so obviously the uh, the subtitle is the counter march and the reconnaissance, um, and so th- that's the focus. But it, it delves into essentially all the questions, the ancillary questions, and there. Where where did Johnston go? Where where do we know he went? Where do we think he went? What's the argument for why he, he may have gone this way versus that way? What's the traditional story versus what did I come up with? Um, you know, how did Lee come to the decision to attack where he did, when he did? When did he come to the decision? Was Longstreet mad? Was he dragging his feet? Um, you know, uh, whether, was he a hero? Was he a villain? Were, were there any heroes or villains? It gets into uh, um, where did the countermarch go? Did it go where we think we went? Did it go somewhere else? E.P. Alexander, uh, if you really dig into the the details, you know there's the whole, did he go left? Did he go around the hill? Where did he go? Uh, So we get into that. Um, And then uh, kind of the underlying theme, if you will, is uh, human memory. Mm -hmm. So how does human, and not not national memory, not how do we remember this as a a culture, as a country, as a nation, and... um, but individual memory; These are people. They're writing down their thoughts, their memories, their recollections. So how do people store memories? How do they perceive things? How does it go from I'm on the battlefield watching this stuff to a memory? And then it goes from a memory to a document and a document to a speech and a speech into a history book. Mm. And so it really explores that. And that's the Enduring Battles of the subtitle yeah, is how do we get from the battlefield to the paper to the actual story that we all know or at least think we know
0: today mm-hmm. huh incredible um have you ever set out to travel any in any way uh the route of Longstreet's street's it's, countermarch at gettysburg i know it's pretty long but uh i don't know if yeah. you do it by car uh, or whatnot but have you ever have you ever set out to do that uh yeah yeah
1: absolutely and um uh, my wife told me that um, I'd be in trouble if I didn't thank her for uh, accompanying me over and over and over and over on the one road, the, the Harris Ridge Road, which is still there. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah. So the Harris Ridge Road is, you know, that the Harris Tavern. So you mm. go, you keep going west past, you know, the famous McPhersons or McPherson's Ridge, uh, however you want to say it. Uh, and you go to the next light today, and that's uh. Uh, Harris Ridge Road. And if you're going west, if you're going from the first day west, you're going to make a left. And that's Harris Ridge Road. And that road is essentially the same uh, as it was at the time of the battle. They really? call it a byroad road at the, at the battle. And uh, so uh, a, a lot of the roads that were there, the main ones are still there. They were more uh, glorified paths yeah. at the time of the battle. Um, but there are some roads today that existed at the time of the bow the grading has changed obviously the exact route has changed slightly mm. but they're still essentially there but there's a lot of farm paths and uh following what other people have come up with especially at the beginning of, of the project um trying to figure out get the bearings of you know what what's what uh we definitely drove down Harris uh, Ridge Road and uh over Breams Hill and down the Fairfield Road uh quite a bit um and uh really drove around all back there walked around a little bit myself um pulled over on the side of the road and you know would traipse down into uh you know the fields and things a lot of it's privately owned so you can't do tons of the off-road yeah. that you can on the the park service so just for for everybody watching it's uh, the majority of the actual countermarch is privately owned so huh. if you want to go traipsing around fields make sure you get property owner permission or don't do it. Yeah. Uh, Especially now they, they've started putting up a couple of new developments, right. in some of the, uh, the meat at the turnaround points, but, uh, um, but it is what it is. It's a town. It's growing. You know, uh, this is kind of ancillary stuff, uh, as far as, uh, the park service and they don't own the, the, the ground obviously. Uh, so they can't do much to protect that. But, uh, um, but you, you definitely can can walk it. Um, you can drive it. You can walk it. Um, most of the roads uh, that we talk, talk about in the book are there. And uh, a couple of the farm paths that we talk about are up until they started doing some of the development in the last couple of years, you can see on the aerial maps and Google Earth you can go into and you can see where the, the kind of the... Uh, I guess the, not so much the ruts, but you can see where you can see where they are. You can see the, the paths uh, on the satellite imaging.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Uh, I'm going to definitely check that out. Um, so, so one of the things that I always find interesting about the, the, the March and countermarch is that, um, uh, not the rumor, but the, but the, 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 the bit about Lafayette McClaw's is like, not wanting to lose the head of the column. Does that really take, sure. take place? he yeah, like so refuses to just basically turn around and then let the tail be the head and he he wants to he wants to be the head of the snake the whole way
1: uh yeah there's actually quite a bit about that and it's not it's not as yes or no um as it would seem just reading uh you know laFette mcclaws's uh accounts um these are all people they have worked together they're coworkers essentially for mm. the last few years a lot of the a lot of them went to West Point. They went to, they they were in the regular army together. Um, and so there's a history here. Uh, and so that plays a huge part in how this story is told amongst the veterans after the war.
0: Huh.
1: Uh, so McClaws's desire to stay in the front, I guess the easiest way, and I don't say this because I don't want to give information away, it's mostly because this would be a much longer podcast than I think you want it to be, if we got into all the details, (laughs) because there's a lot of, uh, there, there's a there's the general answer, but there's a lot of context and background that splinters off to the side. And so we talk about it in detail towards the end of the book, Mm. but there's a lot of buildup to get to that. So the, the short answer is yes, he wants to be in the lead. And that's very important to him. The part that takes a little bit more explaining is how does that come about? And, it doesn't happen the way McCLaws says it happens. Let's put it that way. Interesting. Uh, but it is, um, it is a big part of McClose's memory and it's very important to him, which is one of the ways it ends up as part of the major narrative.
0: Huh. Very interesting. Uh, is there any information you have about Lieutenant Johnston, uh, before or after the war that you can give us?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So actually, this goes back kind of to the part of the first question, too, a little bit. My initial intention was to tell this primarily as a a uh, Johnston-centric book. Uh, It's not, but it started out that way. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, uh, I did a lot of research on Johnston. One of the questions that prompted me to go forward with the book uh, and follow up the article I did uh, was I got a lot of questions about do you have enough to do a biography on Johnston? So it kind of started initially with that. So to answer your question, yeah, Johnston was, I would say, to the extent it existed in Virginia at the time, he was the upper middle class. He uh not quite elite, you know, first family Virginian. Yeah. But he was in that crap, he was in the crowd. He mm. he went to the same party is the same clubs you know Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um he's known he lives down the street uh from mount vernon he lives down the street from uh robert e lee he's very well educated he's a civil engineer um and uh uh so he's he's fairly young when the war breaks out he's uh um he's 33 at the time of the battle um there's a photo of him in the book a very uh, and in the article as well um, generously provided by uh, the use of a gentleman named uh, Dave batalo um, he uh, he has the the photograph of Johnson in his collection he was nice enough to let me use it huh. uh, several times um, so a uh, big shout out to, to Dave um, and uh, military images uh, one of one of the uh, that's where they kind of released the photo so I would be remiss if I didn't say go check it out military images as well definitely um, I don't have the exact number, but uh, um, it is worth checking out. Um, but he uh, he's a civil engineer. He's doing pretty well for himself. Uh, he's the last son of a second marriage uh, from his dad, and his family has a lot of property. Um, he's got a real nice estate, half-interest in a estate with his brother, right off of an offshoot of the Potomac River. Uh, and so he, he joins up. He's a southern son. There, there's actually not much... About what his political leanings are, so we don't uh, that that I could find. I really dug into it to try and figure out where does he stand with us. Uh, obviously, he's a Virginian, but he also lives in Arlington. Uh, that's that's where, or uh, excuse me, um,
0: uh, Alexandria,
1: um, and, and so it, it's more of a cosmopolitan town at the time. Mm-hmm. Of you, you know, it's not it's not a, a, a real pro-slavery place at the time. Um and so it's hard to figure out exactly where he stood if he if even he knew. Um his family's fairly well to do, so they were connected to the you know, the Lees and everybody, but uh it, it's hard to figure out. There's no when you really dig into it, there's no bill of sale for like slaves or anything with the Johnstons, but they uh they're involved in these transactions um as notaries as uh um You know trustees and things so it doesn't seem like they're you know it's almost like anybody it's complicated yeah uh so he but he he definitely joins up he starts a uh he helps start a company in a a cavalry unit um interesting and uh then he catches the eye of jeb stewart when he's doing some engineering work jeb stewart recommends him and jeb says he's a good guy then he then lee's listening he ends up working himself up to lee's staff he's the only engineer um and then after the the battle he keeps getting promoted he keeps doing work uh uh he's actually one of the one of the two engineers that scouts the federal works uh after malvern hill and finds out that mcclellan has uh, headed away really yep so him and richard richard kidder mead who's another engineer who's unfortunately killed before the battle of gettysburg but uh they get sent out they go up to the earthworks in a, a pouring rain as they say they come back they report to lee and jackson um that the so the point of all of that is that he is very 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 well known in the army of northern virginia he's not a footnote he's not this oh well uh, just send somebody and he's, he's sitting yeah. around on horseback. So He he is the reconnoitering office to for the army of Northern Virginia.
0: Huh? See, I didn't know that. I just, I honestly just thought maybe he was just, you know, the next guy up. Okay. You're going to go yeah. scout this. Yeah. No, he was a legitimate, uh, uh, well-to-do guy.
1: Yeah. For almost a year, he is the only engineer. Uh, cause you know, you have the engineer. Corps. Yeah. So you have, he's an engineer in the engineer. corps is assigned to Robert E. Lee. He's the only representative of the engineers until, uh, Right before the battle of Chancellorsville. Really? And he's scouting uh um he's scouting up uh um the turnpikes at Chancellorsville. Um he's in charge of um uh, making sure that nobody on the on the federal side finds out and reacts to uh, Jackson's flank attack. Mm-hmm. Um after the battle he is doing all sorts of stuff uh reconnoitering um setting up uh um you Know battle lines, you know, he's leading troops and guiding them into position. Um, so he, he's involved, he's he ends up being a colonel, um, which in the engineer corps is uh Pretty fairly big. close to as high as you're gonna get,
0: yeah. So he probably had something to do with like the mule shoe at Spotsylvania.
1: He, there's nothing I found that specifically said he did, but uh, there's he certainly may have, yeah, yeah, huh? Um, yeah, that's uh, but yeah, he, he's he's not a nobody, he's very well known. Uh, he's, he becomes good friends with Robert E. Lee. He names his, uh, his, uh, last surviving child, Robert Edward Lee Johnston.
0: Hmm,
1: really? Um, Lee. Yep. He goes on a furlough. Lee sends him a congratulatory letter for his, uh, the birth of his son. Um, so like I said, he, uh, he, he works with Longstreet's Corps at Antietam. He's, uh, he's out there with them. So he's, like I said, he's very, 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 very well known in the army he's not a nobody he's not like you said he's not that we need a guy here's a guy that just happens to be him there's a reason he's sent we, we get into that you know there's a little biographical section in the book on him um and we get into really what is the the contextual purpose of the reconnaissance you know we tend to think of a lot of things at Gettysburg as almost like bifurcated you know it's mm. well, well you have this and you have this and you have this but they're all connected they're all part of you know the, the master plan if you will and so we try to bring some of that context to some of these lesser-known things, and bring them into, you know, you know, why were they important? You know, what's the context? They, they, these weren't just uh, whimsical things that happened; they were all part of the day-to-day operations of the army at a battle, mm-hmm. um, and important, obviously. So,
0: well, that's really interesting. I'm, I uh, I learned something new there about Lieutenant Johnston. I, I think that's a pretty incredible story, yeah. um, and uh, just. To do
1: not to do him a disservice. uh, He's a captain at this point. Oh, he's he's a a
0: captain. Okay,
1: (laughs) he is. Yeah, he ends as a colonel. He starts as a lieutenant. He ends as a colonel. He's a a captain at the battle. Oh, but uh, McClaws gets his rank, rank, and name wrong every single. He net he never correctly matches up his name and his rank. Not once in any of his writings.
0: (laughs) What a guy! Uh, All right. So, uh, can any level of Civil War nerd pick this up and start to read it, or is this for more serious scholars?
1: Uh, I wrote it so anybody, even if you don't like the Civil War all that much, and you're just generally interested in history, um, you should be able to pick it up and read it and get something out of it. Excellent. Um, if you're a, a Civil War nerd, you know, like us, <laughs> um, uh, there's about thirty thousand words of footnotes, and oh, wow. so uh, I, I went, I went Coddington on this one. No, oh, um, so uh, if you just read the actual book and you never flip to the end notes you're gonna know what happened you're gonna get something out of it if you really want to see how the heck i came up with the statement that i made flip to the end notes and uh there'll be explanations and uh uh there will be on the website there will be an interactive uh bibliography once the book is published um so that way if you want to go to the actual sources to the extent you don't have to order the collections or whatever but uh you can go to the, the places that I found all the stuff and you can look at them yourself so you don't have to just take my word for it.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Uh, well, then I guess this sort of comes to our, our last question and a half. Uh, when is your book going to be released and where will be, people be able to find it? Sure.
1: Uh, so right now, the uh, release date is June 27th. Oh, excellent. Uh, yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So uh, right before the anniversary, uh, I actually yeah. just finished the final proofread uh, uh, this weekend. So it'll go to the formatters and then indexing and then out to the publisher. Uh, so June 27th is the release date. Uh, pre-orders are being accepted. You can, uh, if you go to my website, uh, alanrthompson.com, and it's A-L-L-E-N, um, you can, uh, there's a link. You can go to your favorite bookseller, Um it's uh, really wherever books are sold, is the, the cliche, mm-hmm. but uh, it's distributed through Simon & Schuster, so you can get on Amazon, Books A Million, Barnes & Noble, wherever you want.
0: Excellent, excellent. Well, again, the uh, the title of the book is In the Shadow of the Roundtops, Longstreet, Countermarch, Johnson's Reconnaissance, and the Enduring Battles for the Memory of July 2nd, 1863. Uh Available at every bookstore near you, in uh, June of next year. Alan, I'm very much looking forward to it. I know I'm going to go out and grab a copy, uh, or two maybe. Um, probably just one. Wife will probably let me have one, which is fine. But, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, one. I am I am looking forward to it, and I'm very excited that you you've uh, accomplished this project. And um, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to to, to reading it.
1: Yeah, well, thanks much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having hey, me on and uh, getting to talk about
0: it. Absolutely, Alan. Absolutely. All right. Thank you again. Thank you, everybody, for stopping and listening. Uh, you can find us on No Pollution of Cowardice, South Jersey in the Civil War on Spotify or now on Amazon Music uh, and on Facebook at No Pollution of Cowardice, South Jersey in the Civil War. Um, and Alan, do you want to plug your website one more time?
1: Absolutely. Thanks. It's uh, alanrthompson.com, A-L-L-E-N. R-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N dot com.
0: Excellent. Excellent. All right, everybody. Thank you again. Final time. Have a good night. Cheers.